Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I am joined by Scott Hetherington, who I think this is our first time introducing him on the podcast as elder. Is that correct, Scott? Is that he's true? always been he's always true? been speaker. Speaking yes, team. I believe that's correct, Hayden. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> elder and uh, a member of our speaking team and our uh, nature guide as well. <laughs> I am the, not the nature guide. <laughs> you are tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we also have uh, Brian Cobley, our student director, and on Sunday he spoke. So he is taking the middle seat of honor on the podcast. And we also have Allison Oconee, our community care pastor. And we have a couple members of the church joining us for our live audience. Uh, I would call out for applause, but it'd be thunderous, and it would the <laughs> audio would be so disturbed by all of them. So, wow. All right, guys, calm down. It's too loud. Well, uh, on Sunday, Brian, you picked up our third week of A Summer with Jesus, and you spoke out of John... Four or 14? Four. Four, thank you. So I got of John 4, which uh, just to remind people if they are not that familiar with the Bible, that John 4 is what? It starts off with the first evangelist of the Gospel of John, which is the woman at the well in Samaria. Awesome. Okay. Um, and before we hop too much in your message, can you just give me a quick, where was Jesus before this, and then where did he go after this? Uh, before this, I believe he was in Judea. Yeah, okay. he was in Judea baptizing, and the I think the Pharisees were not happy with what was happening, mm-hmm. and so he had a lot of pressure on him, so he was going to go back down to Galilee, and okay. on his way to Galilee, he made a stop. It said that he had to go through Samaria, Okay, and so he actually had a lot of pressure on baptizing, which mm-hmm. he wasn't the one baptizing, it was his disciples, but he needed to get out of there. Yeah. So we're still, uh, in terms of the ministry that a lot of us are aware of, this is still kind of early in Jesus' ministry, even though it's you know, not too far away, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. If anyone watches The Chosen, this is how they end season one, is with this interaction it is. at the well. So, um, Brian, was this, I imagine this was, oh, actually, you kind of said it in your, your message. You had actually worked on this, and you've spoke, you spoke this message at summer camp, right? Yes, in a different way. In with, a different way. With the students. I just kind of focused on, which I brought up in the beginning, but with the students, talked about um, being called out mm-hmm. in your life on, yeah. on something that's not living according to biblical standards. And so I just kind of focused on the being called out with the students. Yeah, let's just talk for uh, maybe a few minutes. What is... What is the process of working on a message for middle school and high schoolers versus Sunday morning? How much did you really change for Sunday morning versus what you would do for a Thursday night or, for example, at camp? So with when it comes to students, I, which I usually preach like this, but I really focus on one concept throughout the whole message and obviously do it about half the time, which I try yeah. to with the students, but it doesn't <laughs> always yeah. work. But try and get down between 15 and 20 compared to like 30, 35 yeah. here. And so when it comes to students, there's a lot more references to Avengers yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> things, yeah. Pop culture. Pop culture makes its way into the youth messages. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you can bring in what the latest Avengers. So we, yeah. we, we talked a lot about Loki yeah. while at, at summer camp and, okay. cult and brought Loki into this sermon. So. And you said you focus on just one, right? Yeah. 
So what was the what was the one thing that you focused on at um, summer camp? So summer camp was was being called out and kind of accepting it, accepting okay. and uh, listen, listening to to Jesus and br- brought up the concept of you know when we start having a conversation with Jesus, a lot of times you he, something will be brought up that okay. should change if you are a going to be a follower of Jesus that something might pop okay. up in your life. Yeah. Um, you in in your message you said you picked this this message for this series before camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, did it did it just work well with where you were going to be talking at at summer camp, or did you kind of enjoy this message? So you decided let's kind of change the summer camp messaging a little bit. To so this one for sure, I, I picked this one first for church because I knew yeah. I was going to be preaching this like at least oh, what, a month and a half ago. Yeah, and summer camp, I was still like, I wasn't even in the the weeds of what the message and topic <laughs> yeah. series was yet at that time. I was still getting all the paperwork part done. Yeah, um, but I knew I wanted, I knew I was going to do talking with Jesus, and I knew I wanted to hit different interactions that Jesus had with with people. And yeah, look like the interactions that we have as Christians today. Yeah, and I was like, I I know I already picked the Samaritan woman for the church, but I'm like, I feel like I have to do. The woman at the well is well yeah. with these students because it's one of the best, the best conversations. Yeah, of of being called out, and it's a it's a long conversation too. Like it when is you, when I you see Jesus's conversation. I didn't not typically realize long. how long it was until I was writing it for summer camp. I'm like, yeah. I can't read this whole thing to the students. <laughs> I'm going to spend the whole summer reading the thing. I didn't I didn't realize yeah. how long that conversation was. I didn't realize it either until I was making the slides for it, and I'm like, wow, this is they talk for a while. Like mm-hmm. I think I'm usually just like there's certain parts that stick out and I just didn't realize how long their conversation was. I mean, it was a whole episode in the chosen. That's how long it was. It took up a whole episode. They could have made a whole season. Was it a it whole just, episode? It was a whole single episode. Yeah, I do remember the dialogue being really long in that episode. Yeah. Well, I think that's why this passage is used to teach so many different things, not just uh, the importance of being called to, yeah. you know, worship in spirit and truth, mm-hmm. but like, it speaks to the value of women that he would um, bust through boundaries, maybe yeah. cultural boundaries, and um, elevate a woman and yeah. use her as the first missionary or evangelist, if, if you mm-hmm. will, like to reveal himself as the Messiah, right? Like yeah. all these things are such big deals and they're all in this passage. Mm-hmm. So your, your take on it um, was well served, but you know. I just love this passage for yeah. so many reasons. Yeah, actually. I would agree. It's layered. There's so many different yeah. theological elements, social elements, and just Jesus elements out of that whole chapter of the woman at the well that mm-hmm. you can delve into and talk about. So yeah. it is layered, and I liked how you pulled the, the topic out of it today that you did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah. sun- Sunday. You're oh, Sunday. 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 I just blew it off. We're, we're eliminating the movie-making magic yeah. right now. The secret it's, is out. Yeah. Look, we out. just lost the fourth wall there or something. It's the, it's the multi-universe dimension now. Yeah. I mean, I am wearing the same outfit from Sunday, so. Yeah. That kind of gives it away, doesn't it? Um, and you, oh, wait, you're not on camera. Yeah, I'm not on camera, so they don't know that I'm wearing the same outfit. Um, you didn't. You didn't spend too much time really getting into... I mean, how controversial it was that Jesus was was chatting with this woman. And I feel like people have heard it so many times that the culture that Jesus was living in is very different than the culture that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. But did you not feel, because there's so much going on there, did you not feel the need to really 
get into the weeds of like this was a huge deal that that he yeah. was talking to her. I was honestly saving it for the podcast. Good, um, okay, because yeah. I do. You know, I I never want to discount um, people who are hearing it for the first time, but the the stuff that I would teach, I feel like you always hear it. And so yeah. I was approaching it with the, I think a majority of the people in the room know the context. Yeah. Small won't, but if you don't, hey, please stay for the live audience or watch the podcast because that's yeah. what we'll talk about. Because Why I mean, this yeah. was a big deal. It's a really big deal because not only was was she a woman, but also she was uh, Samaritan, right? Yeah. And we could spend a long time talking about those two relationships, but... Um, Actually, do want to talk about it? Go for it. Oh, and Segway also just third aspect of her. So female oh, Samaritan, yeah. and then uh, she is not living a um, what the culture thought of as a noble lifestyle. Yeah, so. yeah. Right. she wasn't even married to the guy she was with this time. Yeah, yeah. so three yeah. three kind of big knocks yep. against her. Yeah. So the context I want to teach because there was uh, I was uh, did I tell you the cool thing that I heard that I've never heard before the five. With the sixth? Yes. Yeah. So I want to teach me. that. Before I teach that, I, I got to give the context here. Mm -hmm. So from what I was doing with the study, uh, we all, like, you usually know that Jewish people and Samaritan people don't like each other. Mm -hmm. So I went back to figure out where that history actually came from. Yeah. And you trace it back to these the Assyrian conquering in 722 BC, mm -hmm. where when the Assyrians conquered and now uh all the israelites are kind of being exiled yeah in the region five different uh regions came with five different gods that they were serving oh. and the israelites who intermarried that is what you would consider like the samaritan people oh so throughout the years so that's where like the you know the non-pure the the, the racism yeah. comes there so throughout the years the Samaritans were kind of a like a hodgepodge of different religious beliefs, mm -hmm. and then they uh, stick to the, only the the five books in the the Pentateuch yeah. of the Old Testament. And through their research, they thought that the place to worship God was Mount Gerizim. Gerizim, mm -hmm. I don't know how to properly say it. Yeah. And then during the Maccabean revolt, John Hickmus. <laughs> John H. John uh, H. Yeah. went into Samaria and destroyed that temple. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that was like just the cause of just this, this anger towards each other huh. that even God's people came in and just completely yeah. destroyed what they considered was the place to worship God. So, this so yeah. that place was a place um, devoted to Yahweh worship? I thought it was maybe a false, uh, like a Baal from what situation. I, from what I was reading, it was God. Like It was Yahweh, and they had considered that their temple, but the Jews said, no, the temple is in Jerusalem. Gotcha. And during the Maccabean Revolt, they went in and destroyed that temple, and just another scourge of separation between who the Jews saw as false people trying to follow Yahweh and mm. not truly really committed to the mm. law of the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Because I think Baal worship got in there too in their history too. It got yeah. in there throughout is, Israel and everything all the time. But right, yes. which was one way that the Jews of that time were looking down on the yes. Samaritans, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that one was was how they thought like that was the place to worship God. Just from their research of the first five, that's what they yeah. thought was, going, was the place to worship. So there was like real that when her when she asked jesus when you read this and she asked jesus you say uh that's the right place to worship we say it's here yeah that was honestly a, a, a 
very debated question with these two groups of people. And so, go ahead, Allison. Sorry, not. Don't be sorry. I kind of, I kind of feel like defending her. I think she gets a mm. little bit of a bad rap for bringing up the theological discussion, which so many people think was just a way to dodge being called out. But mm. do you think maybe she had a passion for learning, and maybe she really wanted to know? I think like she a knew religious her, man is standing here. I think she knew her stuff. I think she might have thought Jesus as a prophet, but she did not address the 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 thing that he brought up. She did like okay. Before we talk about this side issue, yeah, yeah. Before we talk about this, yeah. you, I'm now looking at you as a prophet because how do you know this about me? Um, so let let's talk about this because I might not get this conversation again. Yeah, and I kind of like to yeah. think that and, she wanted the conversation, yeah, well, the dialogue, and, and, and think I, I about how, like I said, Jesus probably approached this in the nicest way possible. Yeah. So for a Jewish man to be here alone, a man's actually talking to her. As I do say, yeah, she averted the question, but probably because. Hey, every man that I come across doesn't talk to me. And yeah. if you're Jewish, you just hate me. Here's a guy who's presenting this with so much love. I'm actually going to ask this question from a source that will answer me back. So totally think that she kind of yeah. used that. I look at it as a very authentic conversation. She's bringing in her own knowledge, experiences, biases of how she's grown up, along with her own trauma of her own life and the various marriages and pain and hurt that she's been through. And this strange Jewish man sitting at a well in Samaria, which is way out of the norm, asking her for water, I think it was an authentic thing of, wait a second, I'm going to be cautious here. And now you're delving into some really religious topics here. And I'm going to share with you what, here's what I'm saying. What are you trying to say? Um, I do think it was also trying to get a topic that she was more comfortable having some knowledge about. And why are you wanting to talk about my personal life? How do you know me? That's a little mm -hmm. disconcerting right yeah. there. And I think it was through that conversation she began to go, wait a second. My problems have gone. This, guy, this guy's a prophet. He knows all these things about me. And now he's talking about these other things. But my problems have gone to Jerusalem. Yeah. They're talking about me in Jerusalem now. Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, hide out here in this next little thing I'm doing here. But yeah. small talk I, that I revert to that in every awkward situation. I'm always so much better with small talk than yeah. the deep thing, you know, yeah. so she's probably just let's let's talk small talk. Yeah. Or if he is religious, let's talk something that we can yeah. both talk talk about religion so mm -hmm. but I don't even, it was a, it was a masterful conversation though yeah so one thing i want to share that this was the first time i've ever heard this in my life when i was doing the research for this and i hope this is the first time you've heard it but if not really cool that you know this um i've read that some scholars talk about this conversation with this woman um was actually not a literal sin in her life that uh, well, with the, that she literally had five husbands and the mm. one that she's married to. I had some some scholars teach that if you go back to when the Samaritans first started, and you go to Second Kings for uh, chapter seventeen, verse twenty nine through thirty one. Mm. The there were five different people with five different religions that came into this area that now the Israelites were worshiping. So when Jesus is talking to her and they're talking about theological things, he's saying, you ha you're right, you have five husbands. What Jesus is saying is, you guys worship five different gods. And the sixth, which is God, you don't even, you're not even married to him. You haven't even made a full commitment to oh. this person. So does it make the connection of like, we are the bride of Christ and like, because... Yeah. Jesus, yeah, okay. And so like, you're looking at this going, it, when, the, when this started... 
five different religions came in when this, there's when there should just be the one that you're married to. This so takes me when, back to when, go ahead. When Jesus is talking to her, when he's saying five husbands, he's actually referring to the mm-hmm. five different gods they worship in this area, and the six being God. Is, you're not even fully worshiping him because you worship what you don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Whether that's actually what he's saying, I don't believe that. I do believe that um, that she, there was sin in her life and there were five husbands, but I think God can use that as an example, too, for the Samaritans yeah. of the five. Like, I do mm-hmm. believe God is addressing that issue, yeah. but this woman is a living example of what's happening in her personal life that looks like what's happening in mm-hmm. Samaria. But that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. When yeah, I was I've doing not, the I've research. I've heard that before either. It's interesting. It's yeah, very like interesting. I, and I saw the connection. And you, if you guys do go to the Second Kings 17, 29, 31, did you look at it, Amanda? And did you see that it was five? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so, I thought that was this, so cool. This takes me back to college when Brian and I were in classes together and we had to write papers. And I, I was just trying to get in and out of the library. And then Brian would read a commentary. <laughs> Like, dude, this is so cool, and I'm like, dude, I gotta, I gotta get this. Going. <laughs> You're a way better student than I am. I can't spend time. On I gotta this. go cover <laughs> the song real quick. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> but no, it is interesting, and that—that's one of the cool things. Like, if if anybody hasn't really cracked open a commentary, is how much theory or discussion happens, and and it's one of the cool things about reading the Bible and researching more is you get to see, oh, there's. There's potential. There's potentially other layers to this, right? It's it, it can be interpreted literally, or you know, Jesus was making. And the cool thing about that is, even though the commentary led me there, you know, if somebody was like in the in the Word every day, yeah. I do believe the Holy Spirit could. I mean, the first person who thought of that read that and going, "Hey, when did the Samaritans start again?" And yeah. going back, I mean, you know, we that's say, impressive Bible knowledge. It is. If you, but, if you, you know, can be we reading go, John and remember something from Second Kings. We we say in the in the in our world that scripture interprets scripture. Mm-hmm. So when you see that and you can go back, you just, you can clearly see the connection. Just it's hard because yeah. that is going back quite a bit. That's really cool, Brian. Yeah. I thought, dude, I, I, I wanted to teach it uh, in the morning, but I'm like, ah, I think that's podcast material. That's, <laughs> it's good podcast. Material. It's good that you're, you're looking at it through that lens now. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what I always take away from this passage is always coming back to the heart of the whole point for me it goes back up when it says Jesus had to go through Samaria. He didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Jews didn't do it. They went around it all the time. Yeah. But the whole point of this conversation is once again, Jesus trying to bring knowledge and relationship mm-hmm. to people about who he was mm-hmm. and relationship with the true God, true yeah. God, the Father. And every conversation, any action, any action, any miracle, any relationship he entered to was always about that. Mm-hmm. And... I just want to always go back to the point that while he was probably using some elements of her life, calling her out on some things, it was calling her out to call her in to a true relationship that she thought she had. Mm -hmm. She thought she was engaging with the true God, the Father, in a way that she knew. And Jesus saying, there's so much more because what you're doing right now will continually deplete. I can give you something that will continually be full. And I just think that's the beauty of what he did throughout his ministry for everybody. I also love the Holy Spirit guiding him. I I can almost picture him checking his watch like, oh, I got to get to Samaria because he knew (laughs) who was going to be at the well. Like, it's going to take me X amount of time to get there Mm -hmm. and she's going to be there. I have 
a divine appointment with her. And that, that set in motion, he stayed in the area then for two days afterwards, sharing, um, you know, I'm sure teaching and healing and doing all of his ministry. And it started with that appointment at the well at noon. So anyhow, I love, love just knowing that he's so intentional and that there's a, a purpose for that, which sets in motion all the rest of the story of Samaria, you know, yeah. in that region. Also the uncomfortability that those disciples mm-hmm. were probably in. Always. From the start of it. Like, right. Like when Jesus gets to Samaria, it's not like, hey, guys, I'll introduce you around. We'll right. make sure that everybody gets. He goes, hey, I need you guys to go get food. Right. Like, you guys go, go get food. Yeah, go interact with them. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's a whole nother layer. They went in to get food and then came back when they offered him food. He's like, he doesn't eat. I've got, I've got food to that you don't even know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that now I sent you into the city to get food right. and you brought food back and now the Samaritan ones were going in to give the food that they really need. Yep. Yeah. You, oh, you missed so, that opportunity. Yeah. So yeah. It's the idea is, did you not get that I'm giving food here to this woman? Did you give any food to people there? You keep yeah. seeing the physical and I'm trying to keep making it the spiritual because yeah. that's the whole theory. That's the whole theme of John. Mm-hmm. John's story Everything has the spiritual connection to it yeah, of yeah. who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you which you see that when you when you take Greek classes. Yes, John is the easiest Bible to translate from the the Greek to the English because he uses the basic Greek words, mm-hmm. but it is the hardest thing to understand. While you interpret Luke, Luke is the hardest Greek uh, Greek to read and try and bring it back into English. But he's pretty to the point of what he yeah. means. Yeah, so yeah, John is very challenging to get. Cause <laughs> Why do the other Gospels not include this? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, Same with the raising of Lazarus, which I'm preaching yeah, well, on in a couple of weeks. They're not in the other Gospels. Yeah, the well, Chosen says gives a little bit of an answer there, that Matthew only uh, <laughs> writes on what he witnessed. Experienced. Yeah, yeah experienced while John was trying to get the full mm-hmm. uh, interviewed account. But I don't know. It's a good question. I'll have that question What's, answered for the next what, podcast. What is Q? That's the question you got that you really asked. You mean who is Q? <laughs> who is Q? <laughs> um, I feel like through this conversation, we've answered a lot of the typical questions we ask. But um, I'm curious how how hard was it to cut things out and keep it in the podcast for you while you're putting this message together? It was really hard. Because you love to just nerd out. I and there's do. a lot of stuff that I you do. couldn't nerd out about on stage. And I didn't realize until I was writing it, I'm like, man, this is going to be a 40-minute sermon. And so there's stuff I'm like, ah, oh, okay, let me take out. Yeah. I'll put it in the podcast. But it was, because it didn't, I, I mean, those of you who watched the sermon could tell me if it felt like it was 40 minutes. But when I was writing it, and I fell like, asleep partway through it, yeah. so I'm not, it didn't feel like 40 to me. I got a good nap in there. So I was like, oh, wow, that was a just 20 minute sermon, Brian. Wait that was for the application. I, th- I thought you were praying the whole time back there. It's like, no, wow, I, Scott really loves me. Come I liked meet with your me in a prayer meeting. I liked your points. I liked um, where are you in the challenge, mm. um, your application at the end. Um, Mm. So how, there was a two-part yeah, application. Where, are you, where, where are, are you in the challenge? Where are you in the journey, and are you ready for the next step? Yeah, okay. yeah which I was like that. yeah, it was great because it you listed out where what the behaviors are right and where you're at in that journey, and and to you know to have people ask those questions and and figure out where they're at was really good. I like that. 
I took when you were talking about, you know. In the first half? Yeah, before I fell asleep. <laughs> the part where, you know, when you're called out or you're having to be called on something. I was also thinking about it from just, because maybe some people in the room were thinking, I, I haven't been called out on something for a while, but have I been challenged in a way I view or think about my relationship mm. with Jesus? Have I been challenged on the way I view something I traditionally believed about mm. Scripture or the way I'm living out something that maybe someone goes, hey, have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about responding in this type of nature? Because I think when the disciples came back, the whole conversation he had with them, that's a whole sermon in and of itself, just those yeah. four verses about talking to them about, don't you know I'm not here to finish this work? You're going to mm -hmm. be finishing it. So they got called out right there and some stuff. So I think there's layers of this whole thing is about <laughs> Jesus is so good about showing us in our own personal lives. Mm -hmm. What is it I need for you? Yeah, Peter, don't talk to me about James and John and who will be here or there. <laughs> this is about you. And so I think Jesus is always coming back to us about and he'll use different people in our lives saying, I need you to learn this about yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the amazing thing about scripture. We can talk about these geographical or these historical like tensions between people groups or their history and what led them mm -hmm. into the space and into the, I don't know, yeah, the whole situation of the moment. But really, scripture also can just be so applied personally to right. your own mm -hmm. life. Like, what mm -hmm. tensions do you have with different people groups? What is your <laughs> history uh, led you to in this mm -hmm. moment? Um, you know, what things are you overcoming and are you looking to Christ alone for that living water? Mm -hmm. Um, or are you looking to sake your thirst everywhere else? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. The, it's funny that you say that. Cause when I originally picked this marriage woman, I was going to use it with the, cause I give, I gave the staff this devotion of when's the last time you brought your theology to Jesus so yeah. he can give the answer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, it, it was, you know, there's, in, in Christianity, sometimes we can get stuck on terms like, "No, I'm this, I'm this, right. I believe this," and a lot of, and we forget to go, "Hey, Jesus, should I be this? Like, yeah, what, what are you telling what, me? What, what, what are you what saying here? Yeah, and I live so, with a millennial. This happens every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being called out every single day. <laughs> Where are you on race? Where are you on? Yeah. You know, etc. The list. So, no, it's funny that you said that, but when I was just writing this one, I kind of just. That was if I preached this two months ago when I gave that devotion. That is what I was gonna right. preach. But no, I like I like the I like the way you took it today. And yeah. like I said, it's such a Sunday. meaty. Sorry, Sunday. <laughs> it's such a meaty passage that you can take so much out of there. Yeah, yeah. It so. is good. That's I, I really is one of my favorite. I think it was the first, when we said we were doing summer Jesus, and I mm -hmm. had a date. I'm like, this is mine. I and really I would have supported it. some Loki examples in there. I would have appreciated yeah. that. Cause, have you, you seen know, Loki? I've seen the series, of course. Did it's like great. It? Yeah. We'll talk I, afterwards. I got mixed feelings. <laughs> I like reading about how the disciples interact with Jesus after a lot of these things because it feels feels very meta because I'm reading it and I'm like, you guys just don't get it. Yeah. And, then, and then I read it and I'm like, wait, I don't get it. <laughs> how often am I the disciples in this relationship? And I just read, I'm like, you guys, I wish you guys would have understood this, but... Um, the Brian fields are white for harvest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just reading right now. That's yeah. That's what. Come back that's, to us, Brian. Come back. Come, come back. <laughs> You're getting lost. You were born. I'm just going to scripture. <laughs> so, Brian, did the Lord call you out on anything? I know you opened Ooh. with a story that happened last year, 2020. But yeah. um, 
sometimes in sermon prep, we experience the very thing that we're teaching. So like when the lab you, and lecture, right? Yeah. Lab and lecture. Did you have a opportunity to be challenged and go through some of the steps here? Um, I won't say like, like writing this, like something was popping out like that's happening currently, but I, I say this with as much love as possible, Allison. I work alongside you, who has a, who lives with a millennial. <laughs> it's contagious. I get, yeah. I get challenged daily. <laughs> well, you op- you opened your sermon with being challenged. I did. That's what she was saying. But she was asking, "Is there something currently?" Because oh. I brought up something. Oh, sorry. Like yeah. nine months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about now? But no, I, Allison, I do say that it's actually not through through your daughter. You're always challenging me <laughs> and like making me question. Like, no, you're right. I do need to do better with that. Like as you know, inside joke, even going on the hike tomorrow with uh, Scott, you challenged me with something that I'm like, I don't know if I agree with you, but I'm going to practice what you're, what you're preaching at me just to see like, no, they're there. If you're feeling this, then I do need to work on, mm. on this. If you know what I'm talking about yet. Wow. I feel really uncomfortable <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> it's, uh, if I spend time with one, oh, yeah, I yeah, need yeah. to, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I have a lot of making up to do. So yeah. I, in women in leadership, there's kind of this thing where everybody else gets to go out for lunch or hikes or golf or whatever. Yeah. And, the, you know, elder and a director, you know, whoever, mm. the guys go out and do stuff. Yeah. So I've challenged Brian for every hour he spends. This will be hard after your hike. Yeah. To turn it around and invest in a woman leader mm. um, somehow. You know, it may not be a hike or a golf club, you know, outing or whatnot, but (laughs) Amanda's sitting right there just (laughs) (laughs) so, but it's hard. It is challenging. Wow, that's that's profound. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even look at it through that list because I think when we made our plans, I wasn't even an elder. (laughs) (laughs) We were just like, let's go hiking. (laughs) But that's, yeah, she she challenged me with that. I'm like, I don't know if I, I I agree with it right now, but if Allison is feeling this neglect, then I need to, I need to. Make sure. Yeah. That. Well, it could be any woman in yeah. leadership, but it's yeah. a good point. to turn around and invest and to not just be a you know old boys club kind yep. of thing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was that I think that's uh, I think of the the Jacob as a challenge that you know he helped me be, before writing the sermon. But your challenge is something I'm still working on. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And now we're. I just know Brian's been bugging me for two years that for two I've, years I had not taken him on a hike, and I was like, "Fine, let's go, let's go on a hike." I'm going to take you on the hardest so one. It looks like yeah, we're not going to take him on the hardest one. <laughs> See if he ever asks me to go on a hike again. again. <laughs> just don't kill him. That's all we're asking. You're going with Arbor's nature expert Scott Hetherington. So I'm not. Don't even it's put that be, title to me. We're, hey Jeff, can you work on a lower third for uh, Scott? <laughs> what? Next time he preaches, can we this please have that nature, nature expert? expert? <laughs> no, because I am so not. I could tell you what. You follow my expert, you eat the wrong plants and die on the wilderness. Can you put nature expert in quotation elder? Yeah. <laughs> Backcountry okay. master. Scott I don't Edmonton. have to be here today. <laughs> That's true. We should back yeah, yeah, off. Back off. We'll back off. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Pump the I could go into town looking for food right yeah. now if I wanted to. Well, we have officially hit the 30-minute mark and we're over, so I think we should wrap things up and, yes, and sir. close out. So, um, Brian, anything else from the message that you didn't get to cover and you didn't cover so far so you'd like yeah. to... Just a friendly reminder that I wrote this down. Um, usually when uh, we are getting closer with Christ or like 
interested, we have two revelations when it comes to Christianity. A revelation of God and a revelation of ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Usually what happens when we mm. get closer, grow, grow deeper. That would have been good in the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good sermon one right there. Circle that. That's good. Say that again. Do right you now? get an example of that, Brian? Close I'll say with it again. That. That's good. Uh, uh, there's two revelations of Christianity: a revelation of God and a revelation of ourselves. Mm. Can you uh, expound upon the revelation of ourselves? What it's when when we get closer with God, we suddenly become aware of what we are doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Mm. We okay, come, we come more aware of ourselves. We sit, we start to see like the holes and the blind spots and the mm-hmm. the imperfect edges. That's good. That's really I've good. I've heard that's a good um, approach to scripture, too. Like if you're just whipping out your Bible for a passage mm-hmm. and you could say, what do I learn about God in this passage and what, yeah. what do I learn about myself? Mm-hmm. So. That's really good. All right. Well, if there's no other things you guys like to add, I am going to close us out. I am not a nature expert. Okay. <laughs> Scott's a city boy. City slicker. Now, see, now you have the other extreme. There's no winning in this room. This is a hard audience. I'm just going to put my mic down. We just swing the other direction. Just bring him back alive. That's all we're asking. (laughs) Bring him back alive. We want four limbs and, you know, everything. Scott, city boy. Elder. (laughs) Also, be careful. He has asthma, so don't, don't work him too hard while he's out there. All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening and watching the follow-up podcast, and we will see you guys next week.